Hey, this is Aaron Gordon. This is Evan Fournier. This is Jonathan Isaac. This is Mo Bamba. Need a new sports podcast? Check out what's new with the Orlando Magic Pod Squad. The host of characters give you a behind-the-scenes look at Magic Basketball. The Magic Pod Squad has you covered. Subscribe and rate on iTunes and the Google Play Store today. Hola! Welcome, everyone, to Magic Pod Squad. Great to be with you guys. Dante Marcatelli, George Galante, David Steele, Jeff Turner, from an undisclosed hotel room in Mexico City. We did it, guys. We have a piece of equipment that allows us to record Pod Squad from the road. You mean Squad de Pod? <laughs> squad, Squado de Pado? Pretty sure that's Where'd not how Where'd you get that piece it? of equipment? Pretty sure that's not how it works. He bought it from a guy at a, a taco, street vendor a in Mexico City? Yeah. I did. He bought it I at did. a taqueria. Cost me 2,000 pesos, <laughs> and so far it's working. So far, so good. I, I'm going to go on the record and say this show never airs. Just based on my technical <laughs> expertise. Yeah, that's got a good chance of, of ha- or not happening. But it's I a agree. good setup. You guys are invited to my room anytime. We can just do this without the microphone. Should you describe to everybody like how what we look like right now? I'm sitting, is, yeah. I'm sitting on my bed. Yeah, I'm sitting uh, on your Chase Lounge. <laughs> I like the Chase Lounge, by Close the way. It's nice. JT looks like he's scrunched up against what am I, the, sitting on the, desk? Uh, the wall. It's can't like lean a, back because the TV's there. Right, the TV. and, and I'm in the uh, desk chair. I'm trying to figure out why Dante has the uh, Japanese stock market channel on uh, his TV. And that, yeah, and that's He's the other checking thing. the Nikkei in, Index. How is the Nikkei Index? On a Wednesday going? afternoon. Not good. No Not bueno. Good. No bueno. <laughs> no, no bueno. bueno. Nikkei Index. I, well, you know what I was watching? It's even more bad. I was watching badminton. We don't get a chance to watch badminton no, back don't. home. So it's quite this exciting, is, isn't it? It is quite exciting. What Although as hard as you hit that thing, it doesn't go anywhere. That or curling. Oh, I'll take curling all day. Okay. Don't Again, you think? Over badminton? Yeah. 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 When we go to Canada, we'll badminton watch. Badminton is is definitely a sport. No question. It's two people. They keep competition, score. keep score. Competition. Yes. There's a ball, kind of. I've I just guess. been trying to find something in English on the television. It's hard. It is it, hard. It's, it's, it is it's hard. tough. You get CNN, and that doesn't. you don't want to do too much of that. And then you get to ESPN, <laughs> which doesn't cover any of our sports. Lots but, of soccer. Okay, so we'll let everybody know. How's Mexico City been for you guys? We, we, we've had quite a quite a full first day haven't we we're looking at 24 hours right just yeah. a little yeah. over 24 hours we're all we're all upright that's yes. a good so thing that's, that's a, a good thing. that's Was a that plus everyone's biggest concern coming in yeah uh, the uncertainty the water, of uh, yeah you know the, just a foreign country and you hear about the food and the water and uh, so yeah but uh, we've had no problems i don't know about Dan, but i am particularly i'm on heightened alert about what i drink what i eat after oh, my yeah, uh, last international experience to london that's a good point when, you now, had a bad. You guys both got food both, poisoning. Yes. JT passed out and busted his lip. <laughs> he did literally. That's literally, not an yeah. exaggeration. No, I know yeah. you guys had a rough go. Yeah, and I caught something when we went to Brazil. But the, see, I came here into Mexico City in 2012 when we played that preseason game against uh, the Hornets, and you guys weren't here. But we never left the hotel. We just they, you know, they. I don't know. We kind of just. We're very guarded to really do. Well, this anything. is a nicer area. You're with David Steele now. You're going outside I feel okay. the hotel. Yeah. Well, I wanted to go outside the hotel. I just was. I was a little frightened. I was. I'm not going to lie. I was but a the Salon de la Fama didn't do us wrong last night. Salon de la Fama took us to the right place. It was really good. You I got, got, I got, got an your assist. legs right away. I got an assist from uh, my friend in Dallas, Mark Followell, the uh, TV play-by-play announcer. We have, we were fortunate to play them. You know, right before coming here, and they were here last year. So. Uh, we have, Jeff and I asked Mark if he had any recommendations for places to go and you know got a two page email didn't you Yeah, got a great <laughs> email awesome. from him uh, outlining uh, you know what where to eat and we went to a restaurant last night uh, on Mark's recommendation it was outstanding really good uh, this area of Mexico City has a lot of good eateries 
So we're we're in pretty good Somebody shape. Somebody said some of the top we're not restaurants go hungry. in the world. Three of the top yeah. restaurants in the world are here, including the first Pujol, number one in the world, right here. Pujol. Pujol. What's that? Like you're, Albert Pujols? Yeah, I know that. Pujol. Yeah, <laughs> I have no idea what it is. I was just told that. That's <laughs> number one. But restaurant. it's something. Do you know what the Pujol? Number one I don't restaurant know what it in is. the world. Number Pujol. But it is. But it is. It does feel very secure, and it does feel the air quality is not very good though. Not good. That, not good at all. That probably needs to be addressed. Yeah. Maybe. How are you going to do that? Yeah, well, I'm not going to address that. <laughs> Just don't use uh, aerosol spray while no, you're here. No worries. Add to it. No worries. But we're here for a couple of games. We're going to play the Chicago Bulls on Thursday, and uh, we'll play the Utah Jazz on Saturday. But I know a big talk coming in was expansion. And, Jeff, you've played a lot of international games, and you've, you've traveled to several different countries. And can it work? Could the NBA one day have a permanent home in Mexico City, from, from what you've seen so far? Well, I think the advantage to Mexico City over, say, Lon- you know, London or you know, even further in the Far East or something is the time. Um, you know, it's on Central Time Zone, so it's not really from a travel standpoint. What is it? Two and a half hours from, from Dallas, Dallas was our Dallas, flight. Right. Um, we talked to some people today. I think it was a little over, a little almost three hours from Orlando. Um, so from that standpoint, I think it could work. I, I think the the hard part is this is a huge city and i think um, logistics to me would probably be the thing that would hold it uh hold it up i mean getting from place to place here is a little bit more difficult than uh, even in new york um so i think i don't know i i Part of me thinks it would, but uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, well, I'll tell you, the mayor here says they're ready, right? Yeah. I'm sure you guys have seen all that. Yeah. They're ready for yeah, basketball. Yeah, they, I'm sure a commissioner will address it tomorrow. I'm sure he will because they're pushing hard for it here in Mexico City. And the thing is, it's a city of 20 million or better. Well, the, I think I've heard the second largest city in the world. There are more people in this city than the state of Florida. Yeah. So you have uh, you have a whole country. It's you like have million. you have a huge city. Uh, you would <laughs> you know you would be able to market your product uh, to uh, to an entire nation, which with Toronto, the Raptors, we do that in Canada. The NBA does. So I think it's a possibility. I, I don't think it's likely, but I, you look at it just logically from a business standpoint. There are a lot a lot of things about it that make sense. Now, uh, operating a team here, drawing free agents, that would be a real challenge. I think uh, you know to get to get players to really want to voluntarily come here, but uh, because just because of the logistics of just it. Just depends on the amount of pesos. Yeah. How many pesos can you pay <laughs> me? A lot of pesos. You pay me enough pesos. Pesos talk. <laughs> the, you guys haven't been to the arena yet. Uh, no. I have. The what are your thoughts the on that? The arena itself is nice. It's an NBA quality. They're, they're, it's better than some of the arenas in hmm. in America. It's a real, it, it holds 21,000 seats. You'll see even the, you, the top level. I, boy, I would get altitude sickness up there. It's very high, and it's very, it's a pretty steep. And it's going to be packed for and the game. They say it's going to be packed. They're likely to sell out both games, so they're 20, excited. 21,000. It holds tw- over 21,000 people. Yeah. Um, so they're excited to see the Magic and the Bulls and the Jazz uh, and any, any NBA basketball, I think. But I, I'm kind of with JT. Well, you can see the positives and the right. negatives to it. The positives are the building is NBA ready. You could play. You could put a team here tomorrow, and it'd be fine. As far as the facility goes, time zone, it's not, you know, five, six hours away. But like you guys said, the, the, you know, we had a police escort to get to the arena today to practice. It took a half hour with a police escort. And it's how far? Not I five mean, miles. Five miles. It's yeah. not very far at all. So I don't know. You couldn't keep up. You know, it's a, it's a big, you know, you can do that for these games because it's a special event and the NBA 
you know, kind of helps out with the local police force. I don't know how you would do that 41, 45 times a year, get a team down to the, you know, get a team down to the arena, uh, you know, without leaving two hours before the game. And typically, and with expansion, it comes in twos, right? Mm -hmm. So from a league standpoint, you know, if there's a big push to put another team, for instance, Seattle, um, you know, you need to bring another team in. Would you know that? Well, you'd move. That'd be a driving factor. New Orleans to the east, or Memphis to the east, or you know, maybe you'd probably make that adjustment, and then you know, Mexico City and Seattle to the west. Right. That wouldn't be a that that, that wouldn't. Yes, you guys. So the point being, you wouldn't bring just one team, and you'd have to bring two. Sure, yeah, I think and it so. could be, yeah, it right. Could be Seattle but let me ask you guys a question. I mean, there's been a lot of you know, how do you guys feel about expansion? Whether it's here, whether it's anywhere, I mean, there's been there's been a lot of talk over the years that what we've done by growing the league is we've watered Dilute down the, ta- the product. Yeah, the right? talent is diluted. And so, do we have enough talent? A lot, I mean, a lot of people. There's a lot of young talent out there. Um, I think a lot of the old timers would say probably not, but you know, there's an opportunity to make a lot of money. I think the game has grown so internationally that you would find the players. There's yeah. a bigger talent pool than there was 20, 30 years ago. So I think it would make up for it. Um, yeah, I think it's doable from that standpoint. Um, Am I the old timer here on the group? Then you're you're, you're the grumpy the old, old guy. Well, Get off fence, my lawn. I say no. I think it's too. You know, I think what do we? There's 30 teams 30 now. now, and you and you could probably take. Well, you could lop off five guys almost on each team. And how many know, NFL teams are there? 32. 32. There's five guys on. Yeah, a, you know, there's the 12 argument, guys. 15 you can make the on argument. There's only 20 good quarterbacks. Out of 32 teams. Yeah, but they, you know, the, so the NFL is not dying on the not. vine no, because no. there's 32 teams instead of 30. And I'm sure the NBA would be fine, too. With yeah. Hockey's expanding. I mean, it's gonna, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. so many good hockey players. It's gonna, <laughs> but it's, but it's going to happen. And the point being, you might have a bigger talent pool. You might. You know, to you pull might. from. You find, it, you, know, you find guys anywhere now. If it's, it's going to happen internationally, it, it's going to be here, isn't it? In Mexico City, don't you think? I mean, it just logistically. Or would just, they think about go, Vancouver is, Canada, no, right? is, no, is no more? Well, I, yeah. It, well, okay. So it'll be in this, you know. North America. In the Americas. North America. Right. Yeah. I would think. I, I, would, I don't see yeah. how you can go. I don't think that the other works. I think you're a, looking at, you know, specialty games like yeah, is currently like done in London. Or in Italy game. That works. Yeah. And like any big city security, I mean, let's face it, that's going to be a huge issue. That's going to be a huge question for any city, any big city. You have your security challenges, and that's something that they'll continue to navigate through. But but it seems to have been met with great success. This is the third consecutive time that, they, that they've had these Mexico City games, and uh, this will, what, be the eighth and ninth regular season games that have played. And, and the Magic have, have been to several different countries as well. This will be our 10th and 11th games as well. And, and I guess before we talk about our team, um, just – thoughts on the food i would say jt's a big mexican food guy and i would say this our meal last night was right up there with any Fantastic. mexican meal i've had really yep. good it was tremendous <laughs> it was pretty it good. was really plus good. we had joey cologne helping us out which yeah was nice. that was nice i liked how joel said it was authentic yes well, well i mean we're in mexico so it's mm-hmm. probably going to be authentic right mm-hmm. you would hope how many taco bells we weren't eating there will be now people should understand we weren't eating like typically in the united states when we think of mexican we it's really tex-mex isn't it yeah 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 yeah. nachos and burritos and things like that it was uh it was quite good it was really really good sounds good though i I think we should just go back there again tonight i don't know (laughs) why we're go back there four times no i think that's a good point all right i love what nick vucevic said the other day that we can come back and be tourists uh during the summer but this is a business trip just let's lay it on out there. The last three games have been a product of what? 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 Where? What is the state of the Magic right now, in you guys' opinion? 
Well, I, you know, obviously, um, I, I think that we had some after effects of the of the road trip. Right. You know, obviously, kind of got to us a little bit. I think coming back, um, you know, after the Miami game, that that whirlwind and what we've done since has just been tough. We, you know, we saw tired, a lot of tired legs, um, which I think kind of leads to a little bit of you know lack of focus is what you know David and I have noted on the broadcast. Um, and I think that's been part of it. You know, obviously we've played some good teams. Um, I thought that Dallas team we played the other night really was, you know, is playing well and did a lot of good things and missing some people. Um, but I think that's been a big part of it. Yeah, I think coming off that long uh, road trip west and then home and then back – or, yeah, back home and then back to Miami yeah, right. before playing a game. Yeah. And uh, the fatigue probably kicked in a little later than we expected, but I think it was real. I mean, we saw the lack of – of just a step slow against Indiana. And the Dallas game was um, – uh, that was a game that just uh, – Dallas was very good defensively. And uh, without Evan Fournier out there to help facilitate the offense, I didn't feel like we, we had a good offensive sync performance against Dallas. And, and again, they, they really get after you defensively. So that was a, a factor as well. To me, this, that's the disappointing one in the whole lot. Though. Yeah. I know you don't have Evan Fournier. Which one was the most disappointing? The Dallas one. Dallas. The Dallas one. And then you didn't have – you didn't play Mo Bamba, which was the one game – suspension right. but it just didn't you know now you've now been several days since that trip and mm-hmm. you still looked like you were pretty fatigued i cliff was very concerned when we left i mean we had no shoot around mm-hmm. uh the day that we went and played against dallas he was very concerned about their legs and everybody still being fatigued and i could see that and i didn't go on the trip with you guys but i could see just coming back but i think the thing that threw everything off was you kind of expected to kind of maybe lay two eggs in Miami and Denver, right. and you didn't. I mean, Miami, the, you know, you caught them at a good time because they were playing not very, they weren't very playing very well, and we played exceptionally well in the second half. And then the Denver game, which when you, if you would have looked at the schedule before the season even started, you could have circled that one and said we're not winning that game mm-hmm. just based off of Correct. being on the road for two weeks and Denver being a decent team, and then there, and then we we had a chance to win that game. So it was pretty surprising that those were the games that we That's had the, way the good effort is. As soon as you look at the schedule yeah. and you figure this <laughs> yeah. is going to happen. You just assume that that, that was going to happen. It never happens the way you think. And then I think the Indiana effort was, was a you know, it finally Absolutely. caught Probably up. It, like, it finally caught up in the Dallas one. You know, hopefully it, it just stinks that coming off of the two-week road trip, we're now gone for another week. You know, we were home for four days, five days. Not long. Know, it wasn't long at all, yeah. no. and we're back out for a week. I just hope that it's you know at some point it levels back out again. But you would like to have seen those guys that got an opportunity. I, I was I was pulling for Kem Birch maybe to get an opportunity to come in and have an impact, and and it, you know. But it, again, those guys don't play much. I don't know what you can expect. But as a season low scoring, I don't think that's all because of Evan Fournier and Obama. You missed a lot of open shots. Well, so Dallas played. Be, Dallas played. Dallas uh, their 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 game plan was to allow us to take outside shots, yeah, and then right. if we started making a few, they probably. Would have, would have made adjustments, up, right? but you know, we we never had anybody catch fire. So as Jeff kept pointing out during the game, there's no place to go in the paint. They they just had five guys clogging the lane all night, which made it difficult for Vucevic. Um, and then all of all the outside shooting was bad. Sure. So the offense was was not very. not very. get seventy six points. The, the reality all of your outside is, shooting is bad. That's a bad. Yeah. Problem. The reality is for us, and you know we, it, I, you know, there's no none of us would question we're better, right, than we've been no in the last several years. But we're still a team that has to play close to perfect. Right. Um, 
in in order to be successful. Against the, really good teams. Against good against teams. Against and good that teams. Dallas, and we turned the ball over way too many times. You know, they were scoring. You know, it just it, it was just a culmination of the shooting, the turnovers. Um, you know, you knew going in with Dallas, they're t- the, you know they protect the paint. We're not going to get anything in there. They're going to give you outside shots, as David talked about. Um, if you're not making them, you know, there's there was really no adjustment to be made because they weren't giving you um, the other part of the game. You know what's interesting, I and mean, we talked about this off air, but that Denver game, which I think we all agree was pretty egregious discrepancy, 37-8 in free throws. Um, but for you guys covering that game, that, that what are the challenges when you feel like it might be when you're getting jobbed? When you you can say it when, when you're getting, getting jobbed, jobbed. When you're getting jobbed by an official. That wasn't JT and David. I said it. But yeah, but I know we're getting jobbed. But, well, it's but, di- here, but it's a delicate balance. Like we, we're not on the air at the time. We can be upset and frustrated. Right. But to be composed and to not, you know, I, I, it's, it, that's a tough thing to do, what you guys had to do. Or did you feel it was unfair? Well, I go into every broadcast with the notion that the last thing I want to do is criticize officials. Sure. I just think it sounds petty. It sounds amateurish. And um, it's usually not right. You know, it's usually, you know, because they're trying to do a good job. Their, their careers – rely on their ability to be um, effective in their jobs, just like every other job. But they're really carefully scrutinized. And I know how carefully scrutinized every call they make truly is. So I I give them every benefit of the doubt all the way down to the end. But it did seem like in the Denver game, I mean, you know, it's just like you're getting pounded over the head time after time after time. And it was frustrating, even though, you know, I'm biting my tongue and trying not to say anything. And, Jeff, I know you, you feel the same way. Yeah, it, and uh, it's, it's hard. It is hard not to say, you know, what you're thinking sometimes. Sure. So but, whether uh, but, you're, but what, you do it. Whatever level that you're playing or coaching at, what you hope for is you get a consistent whistle, right, for both teams. And I think that is the hard part, the confusing part, because it seems like sometimes that it's not consistent. You right. know, the the – and you can go – and here's the thing is, Dante, and, and you'll know this, you've commented on this that David and I talk about is if I go, we go to a replay and we look at a foul that was called, you can see there yeah, – you know, a lot right. of times there mm-hmm. is something Correct. there, yeah, right? Correct. For You know, um, you and Brian talked about in the postgame the, the Evan Fournier's last foul, right, where right. he does reach around and, and grab um, the player in the yeah. post. Jokic, um, yeah. But it was just for a second. But if you, you know, if you go to the official and say there's no foul there, well, there was a foul. Right. But the problem is the consistency of it is then it has to be a foul at the other right. end, and you. And Paul Millsap's forearm shoving Aaron Gordon has to be a foul, right? Exactly, right. So there's a, there's a confusion, I guess, and then so it becomes well, you know, you, you know, for us, you know, why aren't you calling it the same both ways? I guess, and then. And I'm sure they, you know, they they miss calls. We know going in that officials are going to miss calls. Um, you know that happens. Yeah, absolutely. But if you miss them both ways or something, then you know you know they're going to miss some, and they apologize for it. Um, you know, the horrible one was the out of bounds. You know, at the right. end of the game where uh, Jamal Murray steps out of bounds they before they call the foul right. on Vucevic. Uh, Vucevic. You know. To be but. fair, I watched a good chunk of the game on the replay because Fox Sports Florida replays the game the next day. So I had it on in my office, and I watched a, a little bit just to see. The other, you know, there really there wasn't that many calls that went against us. You know, the one I, the Millsap one where he right. pushed well, off I, against no, Ross. I agree with you. I agree with you. 
but we shot a lot of threes. We shot like how many threes? It seemed like ninety-four threes 49. we shot, and we just shot so many yeah. threes. Yeah. So you're not gonna go to the free throw line if you're shooting fifty threes. You're just not. So there, there probably really wasn't as much of a discrepancy. I think the problem was just when we would go to the lane, and it was a close game. You know, like let, let's keep the game competitive. Go ahead, Aaron Gordon's driving to the lane, and right. somebody chucks him out of the way. Then that should be a foul, at least in the last two minutes. Get us close to the bonus, so we can yeah. And, and get Aaron, some free when they're really too. focused on freedom of movement and everything, if you're and going just, and you get bumped, then that's a foul. Should be a foul, right? Yeah. And you had technical fouls called on that Fournier and one. Vucevic, and then Jamal Murray went off at and the end no of regulation, and but they, they kind of let it go. Exactly. Right? That's the consistency of the whistle, right? right, if you, right. It, okay, if you're going to hold them accountable, then Jamal Murray has to have a, right. be called for a technical there, too. You guys could do like Tommy Heinsohn and just go nuts on the refs. <laughs> Why don't you do that? <laughs> well, okay, okay. Well, then let me ask you this, George, because I, I commented when we were in Portland, and I don't think you, you weren't with us I on the Portland trip, but um, there was a play at the end of the game where Damian Lillard dove for a loose ball, and they called a foul on Vooch. In real time, didn't look like it was a foul. But okay. but the replay showed that he had his hand on his back. And he probably did, clearly he didn't shove him out of bounds a couple of rows. But during the replay, at that time of the game, when it's a one-possession game, and now two free throws are going to get it out of reach, I, I applauded JT because he watched the replay. There are a lot of broadcast teams that would take it to their grave that that was, that was an egregious call. How do you make right. that call at the end of the game? That costs us the game. And he went to the replay and said, there you go. That's the play right there. There's the call. There's the foul. When, when you're what if you're a fan, I home, watched it at home as a as a fan. Well, but but th- so that's an example. And so, I was really mad when they made the call. <laughs> right, right. And then I got calmed down by Jeff Turner. But the point being, <laughs> the point being, they they play it down the line. These guys are better than anybody at being unbiased. I think for sure. And, There's no and doubt. right down the line. And it's interesting when you're a fan at home. You mentioned Tommy Heinsohn. Do you, do you prefer like, – do you like when a guy's at home, just all, everything's wrong? I, or don't you no, appreciate when a guy I appreciate it the other way because I've, I, I've listened to a lot now. I like to think I've listened to a lot. And, and Jeff and David just are – I mean, they're just the best because they're, they're just so professional. It's almost like you're – if you watch a national game, there really is no bias. Right. The, the, the announcer, you know, whether it's Mike Breen or Marv Albert, or, you know, they get caught up in the home – energy of the crowd but if the visiting crowd team hits a big shot they get just as loud it just doesn't seem as it just doesn't seem that way because you know it's it's in the home arena but if you're watching jeff and david like they're they're just as close to a national broadcast as you're going to get on a local level because they're just they're so professional at calling the game like they're calling and and they do have mad i mean it's not to say they're not magic you know well, we don't get you know as what excited, I mean? uh, no, no. you know, when the opposing team hits a shot. As right. <laughs> when we and if one of our guys, you know, yeah. David but you drills it and then we're good to go. Like, <laughs> Kapaya comes out, that's but all you don't, good, but too. You don't, but I've heard this on some broadcasts. You don't go three is good, magic lose. No, yeah. <laughs> you don't, also, don't, and you, you've heard that. Oh, yeah. that's going to count. Okay, uh, okay game over. You, know, you, don't, you don't take it. But that's got to be – because I, I think I get mad. And I know you guys got to bottle it up sometimes, and and there, I, there are times I I would say you know yeah this is a good time for you guys to just lose it just lose it. Yeah. But to your credit, you don't do it. I think Maybe that's we should. Be tough you know, at times. I, I don't know. It's just when you've done it so long, and I have done it a long time. It's uh, it, it, at this point, it kind of is what it is. I mean, David got in the Hall of Fame doing it this way, so but, it's probably right. a good way to do well, it, right? You know, the thing but, is, the precedent been but, set now. But I want you know the thing is is that obviously we have a bias for the for the magic because. Right. That you know, that's our, that's team. our team. I think that comes through, 
but, does. But there's also, uh, you know, an honesty factor and a professional factor no that we try to live up to, I but think. But if you really night. look at it, the calls that are made during a game, we've got the best officials anywhere, right, in the NBA. They do make mistakes, right? <laughs> but, no, seriously, <laughs> for right, the most right. part, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Like, if you look, I, it might be even higher, but 90% of the time they blow the whistle, they're right. Yeah. So if every time, you know, that it, something happens – if, as, you know, the color guy, I was, oh, that's horrible or something. And then we go to the replay, and they were right, then right. then I look horrible. It would, right? sound, like, like, it would sound like me behind you guys screaming every time. Something, <laughs> I mean, call. it's just like, you know, it's we like. Hear you, sort of like no, I know. I got to stop that. How about the players? You know, you guys are going to hate that when you see it tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe I just have more experience because I got called for so many fouls. I learned very early that if I complained about everything. Right. Because as a player, I would complain, right? And then I'd go, and next day we'd be in a meeting, and we're watching film. And I was like, oh, gosh, I fouled the crap out of that right, guy, right, you know? Right, and I right. thought it was a clean play, or I was moving. I tried to take a charge, you know? It's just – But, you I know, mean, officials, you learn, have a right, bad, had, you, officials have bad nights, too. Absolutely. They're absolutely. Human. They're human. So for really us do. to point out some missed calls, you know, when an official is having a bad night, I think that's – we're within that's our true. bounds to do that. Yeah, yeah. No, I think which, that's – Which we have done. that's a good point. But it brings up an issue, and you know we didn't talk about it. You had five free throws, five free throw attempts against Dallas. I mean, you you tied your career low in free throw attempts. But so, it's, again, it was a product of the game. How many jump? We just there's no, so but, many. But, jump no, but the point shots. Of, the point I'm making is we are not getting to the line, and it's right. almost at an NBA historic rate. How does that get resolved? Do we just I don't not know. have you the have personnel players, to do that? Right, you got to have the personnel that that's what they do, and we don't have a lot of guys to do that. We don't. Yeah. Cliff made a point, I, th- I, fr- I think it was after the Denver game, is, you know, that guys, you just don't become a guy that gets to the free throw line, right? Like just by, okay, I'm going to get to the line. It right. just doesn't happen. And if you look at our history over the last seven years, we don't get to the line. We've always been in the bottom, and that's just who we are. That's our guys. So I don't know, you know, I know the Magic are doing everything, you know, they can. They have uh, former – uh, official Don Vaden right. um, as a consultant, and he comes in and you know he goes through video and talks to guys how they can you know on this play had you done this you would have got the benefit of the whistle or you know I mean so it's just you know we got young guys that are you know that are either trying to learn or we got guys that's just not you know Vooch is not going to get a lot of calls because he's a perimeter he shoots right and then you know. His footwork is so good. He makes a move away from people away from on the, the jump hooks and hook everything. Shots, yeah, right. He's not a guy that's shot fake, you know, power, power, power through guys like the old-time centers. Yeah. That's the one, the not what one, his thing is. The one guy I think you, if he could get it into his game where he knew or he would try is Aaron Gordon. Yeah. I think Aaron Gordon could be a guy that yeah. could go to the line ten times a night. Like T-Mac always knew that he was going to get at least six to eight points on free throws every night. Every night. So if you drain – Five five shots and go to eight free throws. That's there's eighteen points, nineteen yeah. points. I think Aaron can be that guy to get it into his game to get to the line. Get to, you know he's going to be your one guy. But well, it has to be re- it has to be part of his evolution, right? Because yeah. you know we say this all the time. Great scores to your Figure point. Out they go they go to the line. Yeah. Well, they absorb contact too. He does. He kind of avoids contact sometimes. I think to his detriment. Mm-hmm. He's so athletic and gifted. He can get a shot off. Yeah. yeah. I think that's it. He can kind of glide around and swoop underneath and around and and still make plays so sometimes that probably works against there's nothing wrong with not going to the line it's just that you know sometimes you need free throws to you know 
break a run or get get yourself going. Right. Well, and if, if you go and strictly by what the NBA is now from an analytics standpoint, getting to the line is the number one right, right. points per possession. Right. So that's, that's a huge they, hole you're starting the game exactly. with. Exactly. Right. I mean, you're. you're I mean, you look. Them. David pointed it out. What what what's the number, David? How many teams? Sixteen. Teams make, make more, more than, we, than shoot. we shoot. That's incredible. Yeah. That's staggering. That tells a lot. That is Salon de la Fama information <laughs> right there. That's exactly Salon de la Fama. David, what did you make of Mo Bamba not playing? Not not to make a big topic out of this, but I, you know, because it was addressed. It's a one game thing, and it's done. But I think it's interesting. Mo Bamba had comments the other day saying the thing he appreciates about this organization is nothing is handed to you. You know, you have to earn everything. Cliff said it the day before, is that we're not going to hand anything to anybody. He said that, and he wasn't speaking of Mo in particular, but he said the biggest issue you run into with handing these guys playing time right away is how much it hurts them and you build bad habits down the road. And, I, and, he, and he kept his word. There are team principles that have to be abided mm-hmm. by. Um, and there's violations that, that that occurred the other day. It's a one-game thing, and you move on from it. But that's part of the accountability that, that he's going to bring. Yeah, I, I, the infraction was minor. However, if you're going to have rules and you're going to have guidelines right. and you want to hold everybody accountable, then the coach, that's his responsibility. Here's the key thing. The coach has got to be in communication with the player. Right. Because if he loses the player, then then you got problems. But Steve Clifford has invested a lot of time and relationships with players, including Mo Bamba. So I think you know you can Magic fans can have a pretty good idea, can have faith that what's going on within the locker room and within the team is the right thing, and and Mo Bamba understands that, and Steve is doing things the right way. So I feel good about that. I do too. I you know what's funny, funny about that is Brian Hill and I were talking about this the other day. Steve has a great way of linking the past to try to educate these guys you yeah. know and he'll, he'll say things and you know it's like listen this is the way Yao Ming did it this is <laughs> the way true. Patrick Ewing did it Brian and I were laughing he's like boy it's a good thing some of these guys do have a good understanding of history because that was way before Mo Bamba <laughs> yeah, that true. he even knows yeah. you know so um, you know but he he does he you know he he really uses the history of the league and the great players, the great centers, you know, in the case of Mo, to teach that, you know, this is the way they did it, and this is what you have to do. You so know, the old good. school coach would just, you know, just lay it out right. there and um, and not not work to develop those relationships. This is the way it is, and it's my way or the highway. But Steve understands that you can't operate like that in today's world of professional sports. So I think we're in good hands in that regard. And you see the communication on a daily basis. He, he's, it's not just Mo. He's invested oh, every, time in every everybody. one of these guys. It's everybody. And he, he's aware of today's NBA. He's aware of today's player. And he knows that, that that is the number one thing. He needs to have those relationships with those players. And he's put in the time. And he did it the, the day he got the job. You know, the day he got the job, he's calling guys. He's texting guys. He's flying out to California to have dinner mm-hmm. with Eric right, Gordon. Right. You know, he's, he's doing all the things that, that's necessary to – Unfortunately for Mo Bamba, the, he was the last guy sitting there, and everybody else on the bench got in. The game got away from us, right? right. And the, you know, the coach emptied the bench, so it was somewhat, I would think, of you an knew. embarrassing yeah. situation. Oh, right. He's in Texas. Right. He's back. A lot of people came to see him play. He right. doesn't get in the game. He's the only guy that didn't get in the game. <laughs> right. It'll be interesting right. to see how the response is. He was good in practice today. If that yeah. means anything. Yeah, something tells me he's, he's learned his lesson. He's a smart yeah. guy. He's learned his lesson. I don't think that's going to be an issue here moving forward. 
Do you think this is at the time of this taping? The team is twelve and fifteen. This is a pivotal two games. You don't want to go to twelve and seventeen. And like George mentioned, you're gone all week. You come home briefly, and then you're gone beginning of January again. So you got to try to win. Technically, these are home games. Uh, so you want to try to win them as much as possible. But do you feel like this? And it's it's tough because you're coming off the last three games that you've come off of. But do you feel like we've established a way to play? And do you think that this is a play that they can? that they can sustain for the year and be in the playoff. That's what fans ask all the time. That's all. The only question I get is, is what we've done to start the year sustainable, and, and will we be talking playoffs a couple I, months from now? I think it is sustainable, but the, the one thing that you really have to watch out for is we've had no injuries yet. Correct. We've had no, you know, other than Timothy Mozgov and, you know, and the occasional Evan Aaron, Gordon, Smith, Aaron, Aaron Gordon, a one Gordon, sprained right. ankle, you know, but that's like a one-off. We haven't had anybody well except well Jonathan Isaac missed the six games, but and we had to fight and claw our way through those. If Aside we, from those five incidents, if we, no, but you know what I mean. <laughs> no, like I know, I know. I, we have we have thirty something games missed Correct. due to injury. Twenty five right. of them are Mozgov. Right. So we have not had any significant player yet go down to where things have to get shuffled, yep. things have to get moved around. The way the East is, I mean, it's we're right there with I would say any of those you know from six or seven to 10 to 12, you know, you, that's a pretty big grouping to where I think all those teams right now are looking at it and going, well, yeah, we can get in. And I think we're one of those teams that are looking at the surroundings and looking at our own team with the way, you know, we're playing better than we've played in a while. And I think there, we can look at ourselves and be like, yeah, we're, we're just as good as Charlotte. We're just as good as Miami. Miami We're just as good as Washington. You know, those are all these teams that are fighting for those last two. You know, I think the top five or six or you're not going to beat those. You're not going to get ahead of those teams, I don't think. But I I would think it's sustainable. Conversely, I think you've got three or four that you know can't catch you. So I think think that's why you're in that grouping of from six to 12 maybe that you're looking at as fighting for two spots, three spots. So I think you're right there, but the injury, a potential injury down the line, frightens me a little bit. No, I, I think to answer your question, I do think we've, I think Steve Clifford and his staff have gotten through to the guys that there is a a way for way us to play, way to play, for, right. to be successful. Right. Um, but my f- injuries would be uh, something that you know would sidetrack that possibly. Um, but again, I go back to what we were talking about early. I just feel like because of the makeup of our team, our margin of error, I guess, is probably a little bit slimmer right now uh, than a lot of teams. I just don't – we really haven't established good depth off the bench yet, um, in my opinion. And so I think, you know, we, we have to play up to that standard that Cliff and them have set um, – if not, then you know we lose basketball games. Yep. So I and think that's that's a big key. Well, for right. instance, no, we've got right. these two games; these two home games in Mexico City are against two teams that are sub five hundred teams in Chicago and Utah. Um, I'd put an asterisk by the Utah. Well, record. I know, I they, know, they but they, they are right. They so technically, you would look at this and say, okay, these are you look at these are games that we sh- we need to win. Right, I mean, we we should say that. Like Thursday's a must I, against the Bulls. Is yeah, a must. absolutely. A must but win. I would think I'm I'm guessing that Steve Clifford and them are saying, look, this is a team that's struggling right now in Utah, yeah. as well. 
And, you know, it's, a t- it's just a game that we should get. I so. think the formula is beat the teams that are in that mix that you talked about, George. Beat those teams regularly. Beat, win almost all the games against teams that you should beat and those then win the majority against the teams that are in your situation. And then win every once in a while, you know, get a, get a big win occasionally beat a Toronto against the beat. top teams. And that that's that really is the formula that Steve used in Charlotte. His teams yeah. – for the most part, won games against teams lower. They, you know, we never beat them never. in his They're five years. Still haven't, by the way. Something like that. <laughs> so, you know, if you can do that, and so far we've done that. You've, I mean, we've had a very difficult schedule. Yeah. We've, you know, we've played a lot of the top teams multiple times, and um, and and we've beaten you know the Phoenixes, and we've we're two and zero against Miami, and you know, I think we've we've done the things that we need to do. The schedule will ease up at some point. I, I haven't looked. I don't know when it uh, is because it's, uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's pretty tough right now. But, uh, but I, I think there's a, the way the team plays and, the, and if you do those things, then we'll be right there in March. I think a concerning thing, too, is our home record. You know, we're still yeah. – I think we're two games under at home. Yeah, like that two and got, six start with those home yeah, games Yeah, we've hurt. got to start winning home games. We can't – I don't think we can rely on being 500 on the road all year. I, I think you've got to start winning some of those games at home. For even fans, even again, fans are ready. Well, just for just for us, yeah. <laughs> just for just, just for everybody. Six and eight at home is not is not going to get it done. No, no. is not going to get it done. Okay, well then the last thing then I, I think you know your your starters are what they are. I think they've all played long enough in this league. We know kind of what to expect out of those guys. And Terrence Ross is, as he has had a wonderful year and has emerged as a, really a terrific story. The other guy you mentioned the bench, JT. Yeah. The other guys, I, and I think that to me is the, the injuries are a huge part of it. But man, there needs to be some consistency, and there needs to and that is Mo. That's Jaron. Uh, that's Jonathan. If he's going to be there as part of that union, uh, if it ends up being Wes, I mean, I, I don't know that it's going to happen this year. But but that to me, to get in, to to be a lock to make a, the playoffs, that to me is where the other guys are going to be consistent enough. I think. But I think those guys need to contribute more often than not. I think that's absolutely right. And that's, you know, that, that would be a concern for me if I'm Steve Clifford in, in this organization because, you know, teams that are successful in our league have depth. Right. Um, and it doesn't have to be uh, star depth necessarily. I mean, I, again, I go back to that Dallas game. You know, when they came in with their second unit – you know, you're looking at a Berea and Devin Harris. There was no, dro- there was no drop off. No um, drop no off, right? Drop-off. But there was a consistency yep. of play, of effort. Dorian Finney-Smith is a third-year player, undrafted guy that's come in and is playing very well for them. Kleber, Kleber, uh, Max Kleber. Yeah, exactly. So our second unit, you know, they have the ability, I think, you know, but we've got to get consistent. Uh, performance. We can't have those drop-offs. We cannot have situations where, you know, that, that first group comes out, and let's say they're playing even, right, with the, whoever we're against the starters, you know, Toronto, whoever it is, they're playing even, and then we go to the bench, and then by the time we get, you know, Aaron, Vooch, DJ back in the game, we're down 10. We just can't. can't we, right. we can't have that. So that's going to be a huge part of our development as a team. Well, we're in Mexico, so I would ask you uh, the soup – the soup of the month. No soup. No soup. soup. No soup. No soup for me. Soup. So no. <laughs> no, no soup. I was no really surprised. No soup. They had a tortilla no soup. 
on the menu uh, last night. And, I'll uh, probably venture there before we leave. We're, no, we're here. Won't. Yeah, I'll, no, I'll, I'll try. I'll try I don't one. Think you will. We don't have enough probiotics for that. <laughs> I, I've got. I've got good. Good probiotics. You should have seen David and I in the store. By the <laughs> oh, way, before I saw we, you. I saw you at Whole Foods. We sat there like two numbskulls, looking at trying to figure out how and to. I'm read texting them. with my daughter, who's a nutritionist, yeah. <laughs> and she was giving me the info on what to do. They so got we, probiotics. I've got like a store of food bars and snacks. But I feel lighter. We're good. I feel so good after that, don't you? You know, Dante's afraid to take it. I'm afraid to take it. I don't afraid to take it. You have some weird side effects from things. One person. That's true. Probiotics. Melatonin. Melatonin gave me the worst dreams of my life. By the way, the only thing that could rival my melatonin dreams were the dreams I had last night. I don't know what the heck happened. It was a guacamole. That was the worst sleep I've ever had. Really? It might be from LSD flashbacks from earlier in your life. It might just be kicking in. Uh, that's not an issue. I don't think it's that. What'd you have to eat last could night? Could be the crystal meth yes, George sprinkled on our nachos last night. That was so good, though. I could have more. I, I almost that took was. that little Himalayan sea salt, put it right in my pocket. <laughs> that was something. So good. But it was good. Fantastic. But yeah, that was that was wild. But I do. I had. I took probiotics once. I got sick, so I don't take it anymore. But I should. Melatonin made you sick. Melatonin, no, made melatonin you crazy. gave me crazy dreams. That's I just, so weird. I just didn't want to do that. You're just weird. You're weird. How about a dessert? We had a pretty good one last night, oh, JT. Oh, man, we did. That's, we had several desserts, right? <laughs> yes, we did. We all had our own dessert. Oh, yes. I I'm disappointed out. in the tres leches, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and the Average. thing I got was awful. George got the lava cake, lava cake with no lava. Not lava cake with no lava. <laughs> bad order. Lava cake. That was a sad I, lava cake. I was very cake. sad. I was yeah. very depressed. But they got this apple... Oh, what caramel. Was that called, Dante? Give Mon- us a- it was Monjitas. And then there's another word. <laughs> what, is that? what does that mean? Monjitos. Was that ice cream in it or a little no. ice cream? Marscapone. No, mascarpone. I think it was mascarpone. Mascarpone. Well, okay. Well, there was apples. I know there was yeah, apples in there. It was caramel Soaked sauce. Apples, caramel and it was like sauce. a shot, like a crunchy shell yeah. in there. That's what Monjitos There was also a churro tree that ended up on the table. That was good. I I laughed at it at first, but it was easily the second best dessert on the table. Do you guys feel... I didn't know what churros were supposed to taste like. We have them at the arena, and it's like a pretzel. No, yeah, no. But this was really good. Okay, so be honest. Did you... Listen, the Salon de la Fama was out early. He got the lay of the land, right? I, I got the impression from you there wouldn't be much venturing as you came down to Mexico City. For me? Yeah. Oh, no, no. Before you got here. After we got here, man, you're ready to go. You got to find, you got to explore your environment, see where the, you know, the spots are that you want to no visit. No fear. There's no fear. He was fear fearless. No, no, no. David, listen. Muy took, bravo. Muy you, guys, bra- you guys were gone today. David took me <laughs> to a place. Bra- yeah. See? Tacos in Mexico City, apparently. He does that? his research. And so. Very good. Muy bueno. He also like said the guy just up. took his bare hand and put it right on the meat. Yeah. He just went, here you go. Yeah. Right on your, right yeah. on your There's tortilla. no probiotic for that. No. No. <laughs> Oh yeah, we got the. Not, I think it said on the on the on the carton that handheld hand meat, meat is yeah, covered. Yeah, I haven't taken mine today, <laughs> by the way. I'm a little. I said that on the probiotic right on the right, yeah, on, right on, on the package. Back. That is amazing. Right by the warning. It was well, in red, as a matter of fact. It was <laughs> oh, man. Oh, That's good. Good for handheld. Do you guys meat. feel the last thing I'll ask you is: Do you feel when those desserts come out? Do you feel like John Denton is eyeing your dessert? It, oh, he's, he's got his eye. He sees the whole table. <laughs> you know how point guards see the whole floor? That was a big table we GD had last night, GD sees the too. whole table. Big table we there's had There's no night. question. Appetizers and about, desserts no, are kind of that way. GD but is like, there's nothing wasted, right? True. He's like a throwback to my dad. You, know? right. you will eat everything on your plate or you will not get up from the table. He's, he's old school, That's man. True. It's kind of like having an old dog in the backyard. You can just <laughs> toss the scraps out, too. It's very similar, isn't it? Yeah.
Did you ever I got nothing. Him? I'm not following that one. You ever seen him send anything back? <laughs> oh, God bless JD. him. We love you, JD. Yeah. But listen, he doesn't listen to the pod. Everyone squad. has their own characteristics and qualities, yeah. and that's what makes this whole thing work. That's right. right. So that's the beauty of it. All right, guys. Well, good work. And uh, are we doing another one? Buenos noches. That's it. That's it. No, because we leave in a couple of days. Okay, so, we'll so back one. on U.S. soil. Back on the U.S. Next soil, one. or uh, when's our next road trip? We'll probably do it then. 2019. <laughs> 2019. <laughs> West we'll Coast, Chicago, or yeah. Chicago, where we can do it in Chicago. All right. All right, Adios, guys. Let's, get one. Let's win a couple of games. I'm gonna go get us a sombrero. Vamos, Vamos Magic. Adios. <laughs>